Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 56 presented by Five Pin Universe. I'm your host, Carrie Kreitz. We have the Wiseman twins, Tim and Dexter, Adam Weber, and our two special guests for our first live on a Wednesday is Mr. Carrie Schneider and Danny Gombach, the men from the trenches all these years. <laughs> hey boys. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Welcome to the party. And just so if our listeners know, uh, it is Kerry Schneider's birthday, and I oh, heard cool. he's old as dirt. <laughs> Just a few years under the age of dirt. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll bring up our first topic. Um, we will have people commenting on the side here. I'll hopefully bring in their questions if they have some. Um, but our first topic will be the whole COVID situation and how it's affecting your daily lives. Who wants to start? <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. Um, for me, uh, <clears throat> it's a bit scary, actually, because I have a newborn, seven weeks old. And uh, I still got to go to work, right? Got to pay the bills and everything. So I'm in contact with limited people every day. But if I bring that virus home and my baby gets it, that's game over. Um, they're the least likely to get it, a newborn. But uh, it's the most dangerous if they do get it. So for me, it's a bit stressful, but I got to pay the bills. So I, I still got to go to work and I got to be careful and do my due diligence. So it's a bit scary. And uh, I've played sports all my life and they're all canceled. So that sucks. But what do you do? So, so yeah, that's, it's, uh, it is what it is, I guess. Right. Yeah. For me, it's been interesting. Um, I work, uh, as most of you guys know, with Teen Challenge and we work the vulnerable sector and, uh, so <clears throat> I was, um, I, I guess, secondhand exposed on March 19th or March 20th, I think. So I've been uh, working from home since then in self-isolation. And um, I started feeling symptoms 12 days after March 20th, which was April 1st. And I got fairly sick on the weekend and went and got tested on Sunday and um, waiting for my results, but I'm feeling much better now. So I think I'm coming out of it. Not sure if I actually um, got the virus or not, but I'm hoping to hear maybe tomorrow. But yeah, same as Danny, I'm, uh, you know what, I'm just missing being able to get out. So I've been in kind of locked up in my condo here since March 20th and uh, celebrating my birthday by myself today. <laughs> um, yeah. how uh how was the testing because the videos i've seen it, it it looks terrible yeah it's uh it's as intrusive as you can imagine uh it is just a swab as deep down your nose as you can possibly get so, uh, it's tongue but it was short like it's it, they're in and out of there in like a second so <laughs> pretty quick Crazy. Well, if you need a good reason to self-isolate, there it is. You yeah, <laughs> try to avoid getting the swab down your nose. Uh, for daily life, I guess on my side of things, I'm in the same situation as Danny, like um, because we're considered essential service, so I have to go in every day. Um, but we're lucky enough that um, we can have a lot of our employees working from home um, because it's a counting system or whatever. So the ones with kids that have to do homeschooling like that, they have those opportunities. So uh, I was talking with Dexter earlier today. It's kind of night and day between our two communities. He's up in Sherwood Park. He doesn't see any traffic. And here in rural Wetaskiwin, it seems like everybody's in essential service. Everybody's working. There's vehicles on the road. 
Um, so I don't know if it's the mentality of the rural area against the urban area. I'm not too sure, but everybody you run into is practicing safe distancing. They're staying six feet apart. So it's just a completely different world. I, I see it um, a little bit different than I guess some of the guys from the major cities. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Every day that I drive to work, it's straight straight down Short Park Freeway. It's literally one road that I'm on. It goes from 80 to 100 and then back down to 80. And I complain about that road every friggin' day because nobody goes the speed limit. They're always doing like 70 on this thing. And I get so mad going to work. And now we go to work and I've, I've got free reign on that road. I, I might see, I might pass three cars on the way to work in the morning. Uh, it's it's uh it's pretty crazy. I sent Carrie a picture this morning of the parkade in, in the in my underground parking for uh, my condo unit and literally I'm gonna say 80, 80, 85 85 percent of the cars were still parked when I left for work this morning and just nobody's going anywhere. So yeah, it's uh it's pretty crazy. Daily life for us yep. is like, well, it is what it is. I mean, our situation still what it was last week. Uh, we did get a little bit of help from our landlord this week. So um, that's a good step in, you know, keeping business afloat. But um, it, based on what Kenny's response was yesterday, um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like this is going to be done until the end of May at least. So... Um, Better get used to finding odds and sods to do around the bowling alley here, because yeah, yeah. The the nice part is Dexter and I both got fired, so um, <laughs> so when we show up to work, they can't yell at us to go back to work because we're just doing it for free. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that aspect. So uh, it's nice to do, do some of some stuff, but I, I can't imagine two more months of it. It's going to be quite in, uh, quite boring after a while. Well, it's only so much busy work you guys can do, right? Well, we, we can pre-plan for next year. We can do some stuff like you can get through your uh, promotional stuff. You can get through your ideas that you wanted to get through. And then when, when everything comes back, at least you prepare for it. Um, but there's only so much time you can do that too, right? So before you want to check out for a while. How about, uh, how about financially though, that bowling alley, like without an income and do we get into that? Are these bowling alleys all in trouble now? And are yeah. you, is there a next year? It's, it's, it's yeah, Danny, it's killer. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, um, like I, I can see, I can see lots of bowling alleys closing the, the $40,000 doesn't even cover a lot of the stuff. Like our, our center itself, it's, you're looking at a 25,000 for a monthly lease and condo fees. Right. And, yeah. um, so that $40,000 didn't really do a whole lot. Um, but with our, I mean, we laid off all our employees. We, we cut off everything we could. So we're bare minimum. Um, obviously, Dexter and I are going to be applying for the EI thing to, tomorrow. And uh, we'll go from there. And I, I, I can see it really hurting. I mean, um, I know there's some centers in Edmonton we, we were pretty close contact with. And they're like, well, is this all for nothing that we're doing all this work right now? Because you don't know if we're going to open up again, and I, I, I know, I'm sure we will. I mean, sure everybody will will mostly, but it's tough, right? Yeah, I think um, the the biggest thing, Danny, is it's it's all based on landlords and and whether you own the building and, and what your rent is because um, they the landlords still hold all the cards. If they tell you you have to pay, you have to pay. Um, it's a little bit different than the residential, and I I don't know, um, I don't know. If that 40k, um, which still hasn't come out yet, 
um, 40k business loan. I, I don't know if we'd even be able to apply because there's some stipulations around it that, um, like, like even like the amount of wages that you have to pay out and whatnot. And there's, I mean, for us, we might be able to apply. A lot of bowling alleys might not be able to apply, depending if it's mostly like the owner that works well, all the time. Yeah, a lot of bowling alleys are run by the actual owners themselves, right? So it's going to be hard for them to apply for the BDE loan, right? Because most of their fees are management. And that's one of the one of the stipulations is that can't be included in your $50,000 wage right. amount. So it is, so, it is going to be tough for the smaller centers. The big, big centers are going to be, hopefully they have a nest egg to hold, hold them over for this, but they probably could apply for that $40,000 loan, even though it's maybe a couple months worth of uh, lease fees. Right. But, the the centers I, that I see being in like great shape are the ones that are in the basements of things. Like truthfully, like there's, there's no other option for them, right? Not a lot of option besides storage, and <laughs> the rent is usually significantly cheaper, right? Uh, but it's not prime real estate, so um, I think those ones should be should be good for sure. Okay, here's the problem though. So let's say you guys can apply for this business loan. It, it's a loan, right? Right. You have to. You're borrowing this money, and you have to educate me here. You have to give it back, right? Yeah, but so, it'll be deferred so over profit time. Margins. Right? Look at the profit margins on bowling alleys. So you borrow 40 grand, 50 grand, whatever this is to get by, get through this. How are you ever supposed to pay that back? You're, you're chasing your own tail for how many years to mm -hmm. try and pay the government back? Yeah, and, and truthfully, I mean, even even with our landlord working with us, um, it's, it's not, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to pay rent uh, for the next couple of months. It is a rent deferral. So... Um, instead of us right. paying, you know, uh, $25,000 in rent, we're paying 10. Um, so that extra 15 is going to have to come back at some point. Right? right. And, and that's, that's probably, he's probably looking, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, so, but, at, so I guess at the end of the day that that's sort of a loan situation there too, but, uh, yeah, uh, you just got to do what you can in the meantime and, um, move forward. So yeah, like, so for me, <clears throat> I own my own small business, Garage Doors. I'm Garage Doors by Dan. So I don't know what I qualify, what I don't qualify for. I have no idea. Me and my wife are in the process of trying to figure it out. But the last thing I'll do is go out and get help from the government that I'll have to pay back. Because I know if I go borrow whatever lump sum from the government, now instead of just breaking even and, and being okay, I have to find a way to, to reimburse that money somehow. And, and it's just not realistic for me to borrow it and then have to pay it back when the economy recovers. And who knows when the economy is going to recover. That could be, could be three, four five years before yeah. it fully recovers. Yeah. And it wasn't doing great in Alberta over the last couple of years. We've all seen it decline already. Yeah. So at what point as a bowling alley, I know what I'm going to do as a one-man company. I don't have overhead. I've, I've really cut my overhead down. I've, I'm in good shape where I'm just going to ride it out and not borrow any money from anyone. But as a bowling alley, when do you decide to, this is, we're getting in too deep here. Now what? Yeah. Right? Like, and, and who knows? That's going to be a work in progress for you to figure out you know, as this goes. Well, right? these, these leasing um, or the rent holders or whatever, 
have to be looking at that too. If the bowling alley is gonna look at closing its doors, now that lease or that rent has to find somebody that's gonna take that space. And with the economy down, are they really gonna find anybody to replace that? Yeah. So why not defer the lease cost as long as I guess they're not holding a huge mortgage on the building? Yeah. Defer it and keep that business alive for you in the future, right? The yeah. um the other portion, Danny, too, about that forty thousand k loan, and uh, I was going to mention uh, something, but Robert Gallagher mentioned here too. The thing about that loan is that if you qualify for it, there's some stipulations around it too. But you don't. In in a lot of the situations, you only have to pay back thirty thousand of that loan. So you get a, a ten thousand kind of. So it's better than borrowing from somewhere form. else. And um, zero in, zero interest if you pay back the full year. So yeah, well, zero interest yeah. is huge. Like it, yeah, people. I so, don't know that people that aren't businessmen don't yeah. they don't really understand interest and how much it accumulates and how damaging it can be. So yeah, like this is th this is through the BDE and the banks, right? It's not government restrictive or anything like that. Right. So they're they're trying to help the better businesses and stuff like that. But but Danny, see, my biggest worry is like, yeah, you know, we can get back. I don't know about the people worry about the second wave we let's let's not even worry about that at the moment but you have to think about it but when we come back are the stipulations only going to be like you know what you're only going to allow to have 50 people at once in the center or you're going to have a six foot or six feet difference in between lanes so if you're bowling league do you just bowl by yourself and then have another team bowl by themselves set beside you there right? won't be there won't be any of that. They're either going to say everyone's open and you're fine to handshake people or we're still at home. I, I can't I, tell how they would ever loosen the rules. I, I think it I think it could be a couple, like I think, open up in June. This is me just thinking myself after yesterday with Kenny. You know, in July, they might open up a little bit more. You, you just don't know. Um, it's scary. Like, I, I don't know. Imagine oh, imagine yeah. you're in Chinook or in at Bonnie Dune. You have 48 and 30. 32 or 36 lanes and you can only use 50 people on that center that's crazy yeah there's no use opening the doors of course no right yeah Guys, has alberta made an announcement if they canceled the calgary stampede yet or no so alberta so calgary just went so it, it it's good of our mayor to do it but there's nothing nothing's allowed to be hosted in calgary until june 30th 15 okay. people or more nothing no events no group sports no nothing i got an email so balls baseball is supposed to be starting end of april right um you know all these ball teams we've already paid league fees all this everything everything canceled till june 30th yeah. and then to further notice right so yeah. now what right how how are we going to play anything how am i going to go to canadians in August in uh, White Rock, BC, we all have VMBs booked, 20 man roster, right? There's 24 of the best slow pitch teams in Canada. It's the biggest event every year. We got everything booked. We got everything. We had, we had sponsorship lined up, thousands and thousands of dollars of sponsorship for this tournament. Now what? Right? I got sponsorships pulling out. RBC, Scotiabank, we were yeah. sponsored by them. We're not sponsored by them no longer, right? The event won't even happen, guys. I, I don't even know how it's going to happen, right? It'd be awesome if it does, but how, right? They're already suspending sports till June 30th in Calgary, right? Yeah. We can't be the only ones. Calgary can't be the only mayor looking at that. Oh, no. no. 
out here in Ontario, it's groups of five or less. I think Quebec might be groups of two or less, and you're you're not allowed to do much. Yeah, so you're not even allowed to go visit people anymore, and, um, and any of that type of stuff. So um, in Ontario, yeah, in Ontario, if you're you're not even supposed yeah. to go into people's houses or anything like that, and groups are five or less. Um, it's uh, that we're on lockdown. Yeah. I think they have some communities on lockdown in Quebec as well. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Like yeah. complete yeah. communities. Yeah. It's unreal. Uh, so I guess moving along with the, the bowling topic. So there was a couple of people that asked about the heritage traditional and um, Cindy had kind of responded. Uh, where is that? Um, right now they're taking it day by day for the traditional because it was supposed to run May 7th to the 10th. Obviously, I highly doubt that will be even a sniff. I'm pretty sure they're going to be postponing. Um, I guess, it, what, what are your guys' thoughts if a major cash tournament that runs during the late part of the bowling season all of a sudden jumps to the middle of summer, right? Just to hold over the WCBT tour, finalize it, and then hopefully we can have a tour championship in August. Do you think that um, a tournament of that magnitude that gets 200 entries will have a shot at moving into the middle of summer and hoping to get a decent amount of numbers. Uh, I, I think, I think you can move it in, in the summer anytime you want. I just think uh, cash flow will be tough. Um, and I think, uh, I think you, you won't hit the 200, 200 people. Oh, no. and, it, and it's unfortunate. I, I would think 125 entries, maybe I would think that with re-entries, people are still going to have some cash. People are going to want to play, but matter how much cash flow if they're able to travel i mean guys down east i don't know if they're going to be coming out to travel and then um hopefully they don't you know put uh, the border like they're talking about maybe even closing off the provincial borders right um well if, so, if that's supposedly the case, that yeah from what i heard if you cross a border like if we were going to saskatchewan or whatever we're supposed to do two weeks self-isolation um, I had a buddy that just flew out to Nova Scotia, or not Nova Scotia. Yeah, Nova Scotia, I think. Um, and they got to self-isolate for two weeks mm -hmm. wow. in Canada, right? Yeah, that's what they're doing out here, out east now. You're not supposed to be crossing borders, and uh, you're supposed to self-isolate if you do. That's crazy. Yeah, so how is, how is anything going to move forward, guys? Any time, right? The, the numbers are getting worse every day. It's going to take who knows how long, but when are those going to reverse? And it's not just about them reversing. It's about being at zero before they open everything up, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how sports are going to move forward. I don't know how this is going to work, but it's not looking good, gentlemen. Well, Bull, Bull Canada Cup and 55 Plus is all canceled already for the year. Yeah. Um, they're not running their national events or anything like that. They haven't canceled Four Steps Nationals yet. Four Steps Youth Youth. Yeah, that's late late august right no it was supposed to be may it's it's been postponed from then that's supposed to be the start of may but it's been postponed from then um they haven't set a date yet there's mm. there's um a time period at the start of, start to mid-july that they were looking at um but uh they're reconvening at the start of may to figure out if that's viable or not Right. I could I could definitely see if things did open up though I, I could definitely see a significant amount of at least Alberta bowlers 
uh, going to support that event and try to make it as big as an event just for the WCBT and Heritage uh, and support Heritage for everything they've done for all of us. I, I, and people are going to be chomping at the bit to get back bowling. Uh, yeah, sure. Problem is, problem is, I, I just I cannot see it. If if we're talking end of June now, you know that's going to be pushed back even further, right? So now we're talking probably August, and then what happens with Tour Championship, right? Well, like, did does that the, get pushed in November? The December? great thing about Tour Championship is like literally it's a twelve person event besides the Gallagher Cup, but we we could move that. Like that that's a small a small ask to coordinate 12 people and the camera crew and stuff like that it's not a 135 player event right it's we we can definitely move that to accommodate a proper season but obviously you don't want to get pushed into october when you have a new bowling season starting up and hopefully things are running by then and tournament one of the new season right yeah yeah yeah, good luck, guys. I don't know. I mean, what's what's really shitty is you guys have done an amazing job putting this tour together, and and all the pro all the steps you made. Like, look at these cash events now; they're all like unbelievable. TPC that reminds me of KG back in the days. Yeah. You know, getting two hundred like all the work you guys have done. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's unbelievable, and all of a sudden now it all comes to a crashing halt. And who knows when it restarts? Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty a vi virus of the century, right? <laughs> but but I mean, like I I feel it, it's not just the WCBT. I mean, it, it's oh, no. it's huge. But I mean, like I I feel like we're sitting here talking about Masters Nationals, and as of right now, Masters Nationals, it's it's up in the air. There's there's no answer either way yet. Um, still playing it by ears. So for those asking, um, there's there's yeah. no definitive answer on anything like that yet. Um, but um, if it doesn't run, I, I feel horrible for certain people. Um, oh, wow. Bobby Kite, I mean, Bobby comes out and he, he has a huge, he shoots 400 his last game to make the team. Um, super awesome. Like what an experience and like, it would have been great for him. And Robbie Wolfson, who's worked his ass off for 100%. so long. And mm. I, I mean, he's had such an amazing season and, um, to have that taken away from him would be devastating. I mean, obviously, you know, those who made it all want to play, but men, but I feel terrible for those guys. Mm -hmm. Like everyone on the screen knows how hard it is to make an Alberta Masters team. Like Carrie, you were in Alberta for a little while, but everyone understands the caliber you need to be to make an Alberta Masters team. And for Bobby Kite and Robbie Wolfson to, I would guess, probably not even be able to make that national championship that they qualified for, they might never get back there. They might, but they may not. And and that's just to me, that's that's so crazy because you got to work your ass off to make that team, man. It's, and you're, you're instant favorite. I'm sorry. You're maybe I'm a bit biased, but you're, you're a favorite to win a gold medal when you make okay. an Alberta masters team. You wouldn't be biased. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Saskatchewan has all those gold medals at masters. Ace time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're Ontario now, but <laughs> you brought up a good point, Danny, about the tour and, and people not maybe not, be able to participate in it like i was talking to dex today like our satellites for our events are more important than ever now the 40 dollars will go a long ways compared mm -hmm. to 200 right um so i might see maybe run a couple more of those um i was talking to my local uh, like my core people with the e5 that i talk to all the time and 
I think locally we have the money where maybe we can promote bowling a little bit more, help subsidize the youth a little bit more, or get people in the in the centers more, or do like a free tournament where they just bowl because people just want to bowl, right? And we got to figure out something with that yeah. in that aspect. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hurting for a while, and I I just uh, just don't know. It's so much uncertainty out there. Hey Timmy, with the uh, the gaming funds themselves, mm-hmm. like you guys have a X amount of time frame to have all that spent. Now with basically, you know, this whole season being up in the air, is it possible to look for an extension on any of that stuff? Uh, well, they like their money and I think they need money right now, the government. So <laughs> da- da- Danny's anti-government, I'm anti-government too. So, uh, I'm right uh, that being said, that being said, uh, I know for a fact that we, we're supposed to be hosting, uh, well, A5 and Masters are supposed to be hosting a casino in in um, in the summer and that got already got pushed back and they say you know what we have to make these ones already got canceled already so they're pushing everybody back and e5 has another one coming too right so um they might push that extension back because all the rest of the casinos get pushed back which would be great uh i had at the, at the end of the year we have such a huge chunk of money we spend for our our youth and everything at the end and and we had to cancel all those events so it's a it's a big kicker for us right now. So I'm hoping we have some time to spend it more or more creative ways, at least. Yeah. That's the last thing you want is uh, that deadline to come up. And then you have to give all that funds back to AGLC. Who's going to use it for what? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Um, on a lighter note, Tim, there was a question for you in the chat here. Um, given all the time you've had to reflect on your life, um, <laughs> <laughs> Have you had enough time to think how juvenile it is to hold on to feelings about Shirtgate this long? I still don't know who that is, and she's irrelevant <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, take that how it I is, guess. I guess. Uh, hi, 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 Sean. Hi, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I guess, have you guys picked up any new habits uh, going on through this uh, self-isolation period? I know I've been playing a few too many video games and watching a few too much Netflix, but. For me, it's been, I actually, because of the kind of work I do, I, we had to come together just nonstop with meetings. So the first two weeks I, my work doubled. Uh, so I was working pretty much all day, every day, and then just kind of got back to normal last week. And uh, so I, you know what, I probably watched a few, uh, a few little more uh, series on Netflix and Crave TV and uh, uh, downloaded the Crib app so I can uh, maybe uh, challenge Gumbach to, uh, to a match sometime. Gumbach, no you know how to play Crib? <laughs> you are showing your age there, Carrie. My God. <laughs> it used to be poker, now you, it's Crib. You know who plays <laughs> Crib? My grandpa. That's him. It's a good game, boys. Yeah. Hey, really Grandpa Junior. <laughs> is, uh, is anybody else um, missing competition? Like, so, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't be the only one. I find myself going on my phone and downloading uh, how to play hearts, like the app to play hearts and <laughs> golf challenge. And, and, and I'm mad if I lose a game against some person I don't know, <laughs> something that means nothing. Right. It means nothing. There's no money on the line. There's no nothing, but I have no competition in my life with no sports for the first time in my life since I was like five. Mm -hmm. So this is a problem for me. Like now I'm getting (laughs) mad at my phone when I lose at hearts against some random people. I don't know. 
Go go right. buy a Nintendo Switch. Go buy Mario Kart. We'll race. <laughs> Ash, Ashley, Danny, we've been doing something that you would really enjoy. Uh, we've been doing nominations on Snapchat. So we chug a beer and we nominate somebody <laughs> and all these other people. And then they chug a beer and then they nominate you or whoever else. So that'll, you know, work out, that'll work out really well until I drop a door on my head. Uh, working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how you avoid that? You just don't download Snapchat. <laughs> I haven't yet. Although I did see uh, Dexter had you know some leaked footage of him drinking beer and fireball. I shared it to his page yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, is, any, is I, anyone else like on the same page as me missing yes. like the compete? Absolutely. Like, elite at the sport of five pin bowling and some other sports. Like I'm missing competition, man. You know what's killing like, me, Danny? Not being able to see my son play soccer. Yeah, it's well, I absolutely killing me. I could care less about my competition right now. Yeah. I'm kind of getting to that age yeah. where once I'm in the moment, then I'm in the moment. But man, yeah. I, that's the thing I miss the most right now. Maybe well, he's mm-hmm. a stud, right? You enjoy watching that. Who who wouldn't want to watch their kid be the best player on the on the field at that age category? Like you're missing that. Like that's huge, right? I don't you know, know, man. I think this is a good opportunity for you to, you know, teach him a real sport like baseball or football <laughs> or <laughs> sort of teach him how to play poker. <laughs> Better than soccer. <laughs> hey, take take a look at some of the soccer uh, wages that are out there. For Brax, Braxton's okay as long as he doesn't start crying when he falls down. Oh, when- no Neymar, <laughs> no Neymar. Um, hey Gumbach, I think you offended Ray Basaraba. He texted me. You didn't do a shout out for the 1998 gold medal Saskatchewan men's masters team. <laughs> How did that even happen? Did they accidentally win somehow? boycotted that year <laughs> <laughs> Alberta boycotted that year <laughs> I always give Ray a hard time that I could uh, I could bowl with Stevie Wonder Ray Charles Barney and Alvin Law and beat that team that won that gold medal <laughs> Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying Saskatchewan hasn't represented their province really well in the past. Well, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. They represented themselves very well since I've been around. Anyway. Uh, there, there's been a few, few really, really good teams, especially out of Regina. Oh, the, there's the so many Clark good boys players. and stuff, right? Just oh yeah, got great players. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how great they are. They don't come on podcasts, so whatever. <laughs> Lonnie, do it, eh? Well, Lonnie and Lenny did, but the Regina guys are slim pickings. No, Le- Lenny didn't. Lenny didn't. No, Danny, Clark? He was... Doug Clark won't. Uh, we tried Doug. We Doug. Yeah, he's Doug we, had, we had Kev. Yeah, we had, Kev. We had Danny. It's too bad it's not. I stand uh, by my statement. Yeah, we had Wiss, Cam Robinson, and guys Basket like that too. are still around. They'd be fun to have <laughs> on a podcast. Right. I tell you, it'd be fun on a podcast. Phil Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that you could do it live. Right? <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably sketchy enough having me and Snyder live. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Beat through right? a plexiglass wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, bringing up old old stories or old memories. You guys have been around the game for quite a while and uh, playing the cash circuit and stuff like that. How has the tour changed for you guys from when you first started playing to 
what it is now. Well, before COVID, I guess. Well, they used to be relevant. Snyder, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go first. I'll lead the way on this one. Yeah. Um, like I grew up going to all the money tournaments. I was going to the Regina Classic. It was the Coke Classic back then at Prairie Lanes. I think the first time I entered, I was 15 years old. Um, so then that's all I knew early on. And then started going to Calgary and uh, Edmonton and back then Winnipeg. I usually do that circuit quite a bit. Um, and it was great. Loved it. Met so many great people and the bowling and the bowling was competitive. And as Adam said, I was a little more relevant back then than I am now. <laughs> but um, um, the, the, what you guys have done. Oh, well, hi, Maya. How's it going? Uh, Got a seventh guest. Yeah. So that what you guys have done to the game, like Carrie and, and Dexter, Tim, um, Adam, I know there's been a lot of hard work in kind of re-energizing the game. It, it actually, what brought me out of retirement, I was like so impressed what you guys did with the WCBT tour. And uh, it was just really exciting. And as Danny said, competition is uh, what drove me back to it, wanting to compete with you guys and try to get to your guys' level haven't been able to achieve that myself lately, but I'm um, sure striving to get better and the excitement you guys have brought into the game and all the youth and the young players that are coming out. It, it's so fun. And then the people have never changed. The people are always so great province to province. Just meet so many great bowling uh, communities. It's really, really fun. Okay, what was the question again? I got sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, the question was just how is... Uh, how has things changed in the bowling world from when you first started playing to what it is now? Well, I mean, everyone knows the bowling community is pretty tight knit group. I play a lot of sports and I don't, I don't think I can put any of them ahead of the, the group of people and the quality of people you meet in bowling. Uh, there's just something about it. I, I think everyone knows that whether you're competing against each other or with each other, it is really another level of, um, friendship and uh mutual respect um it's kind of amazing to tell you the truth so back in the day same thing as carrie like me i don't know if carrie ever told you the first time we met i mean it was over a ten dollar bet in the hallway of kg bowl i think i was 17 me and jen marshall hit the road and decided let's go to saskatoon and try and win some money and uh Carrie being Carrie, you know, might've had a couple rides in him and I might've had a couple who knows or whatever. Right. And all of a sudden Danny, Jason Butler is arm wrestling Carrie Snyder. And I put 10 on, on, uh, Jason Butler. Cause I'd never seen him lose an arm wrestle and Carrie buck 40 back then dripping wet buck 40 takes him down. No problem. I lost 10 bucks to him. Me and him been buddies ever since. So <laughs> it's, it's crazy, I don't think right? I've, like, I don't think I've lost a bet uh to danny since then oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i mean the, the tournaments back then even like it was amazing even though you were young old didn't matter everyone hanged out together everyone enjoyed it the events were great um bowling's another level now though like so me and carrie both don't play as much as we used to we took time off um the other four knuckleheads here on the screen, you guys, I mean, you guys are still at the top of the game and, and playing and committing to it. And the level you got to be to, to compete at all these events and do it, it, it's, it's, it's unreal to me. I'm pretty impressed with how good everyone is now. And, and the tours, the, the caliber of play now is so high compared to 
10, 15 years ago when me and Carrie were competing at all these tournaments and, and doing well and, and making masters teams or open teams. And uh, I don't know that I was ever good enough to, to do what you guys do on a regular basis these days. It's, it's pretty impressive. So bowling, bowling to me, to see these tour events and, and Regina 200, what well, I don't even know, 250 entries, something like that, or am I in the same ballpark here? No. Yeah. Entry wise. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and these aren't junk entries. These are all guys capable of making the cut and competing. And it's unbelievable to me how good everybody is now and how, how um, the game hasn't changed friendship wise and, and competition wise. Um, but yeah, I, I, the game has changed for sure. It's, it's a new group and it's, it's a better, uh, quality, uh, the events are, are much harder back in the day when me and Carrie showed up to an event 15 years ago, you could pick, you could pick 40 guys on the list and you knew that 30 of those guys were going to make the cut. Uh, you don't get that anymore. You don't know who's going to make the cut, who isn't so many good players. Yeah. There's... Right. There's a lot of players, like great players, that at miss cuts. Like uh, uh, it, it happens. It's hard to make those cuts. Um, I think I think all the bowlers back in the day. I think all of them were hyper talented and, and definitely were as talented as like the top of the game is now. But I I really feel like at some point, um, with all these all these tournaments being so hyped up and getting all these extra people. Um, that it just forces you, you know, yeah. I, I don't know whether, like, I think that they were all the same physical, like, abilities, but I, I feel like at this point, it just takes an extra level of focus that maybe wasn't as required back then, you know? Well, maybe. I, I you, think you push the envelope the, more now, right? You're forced to be better, right? Mm -hmm. So you are, right? Is that what I, you're I think saying? So. I think social media has a lot to do with it too, right? Before, the only time you knew about those tournaments, if you weren't hooked up with a legend or somebody that's been playing the events lots, was by a paper flyer that might have got passed around at your local bowling alley. Now it's instant. You you can mm -hmm. look it up. You can, yeah. like, it's such much easier access. It gives people that weren't in the know, weren't in those groups that were the ones always traveling, that they all of a sudden know about it and they want to go try out and yeah. it, it just gives a lot more access to players that probably didn't know about it before. Yeah. I think probably the biggest difference I've seen from when I played the tour back, I guess in the nineties was the number of entries other than KG. KG had a high number of entries. I can't remember what they used to get up to, but like Regina, Winnipeg, uh, 120 entries, Calgary. I don't know what Edmonton used to get, but uh, and now like 240 plus. Like you got all the all the tournaments are getting 200 plus. Like you need to yeah. average 270 to make a cut. And back then, when I played as a little more, it was more like your cuts were more like they could be as low as 255, but usually over in the 260 range. Mm -hmm. The players, I think. I feel like the players work on their game a little more now and uh, 100%. I might be wrong on that, but I, I just, I've never been the type to really work on my game <laughs> and it, I guess it shows. Hey, Adam. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, in the I, same boat, man. Yeah. I, I think Carrie, I think you're a little bit like, I agree with you on that. I, I think the difference is like, and maybe it's different that 
maybe because I'm getting older, and you can say maybe I'm getting more mature if that's ever something. But nope. uh, but but back when I was 18, 19, playing with these cuts for 120 entries and stuff like that, people let loose a lot more. I mean, people were having more drinks. They were okay. You show up hungover mm-hmm. the next day. Not saying this doesn't happen nowadays, but people find it as a job. It's a lot of yeah. money on the line. Yeah. People are you're, you're doing more like that. They're they're going there as to win. Not saying you didn't win before, but there, there's a t- good time when you don't make the cut, or it's a good time when you get knocked out. It's yeah. it's a lot different than it used to be uh, in that aspect. I find no, you're right. Yeah, you're right for sure. Yeah. Um, we do have a question on the board from uh, Mr. Lenny Anseth for Carrie. Uh, he's he's wondering if you still get random phone calls from Rain, Wayne Ruhr telling you that you, he never beat him. <laughs> have, has, does Wayne anyone Ruhr. know who Wayne Ruhr is? Any of you? No, no unfortunately not. Wayne Ruhr. I know Wayne Ruhr. I know Wayne Ruhr. <laughs> Wayne Ruhr is a legend like Regina Bowler. And um, he bowled... He was friends with my dad, and Wayne. He was on CBC. He there. You could actually see him on YouTube. There is a few frames. He had a he's a really tall guy with a weird style, but wasn't a really well liked Regina Bowler. But he was pretty talented, and uh, he actually ended up doing some sandbagging. But there's this uh, time he called. I was in YBC. I'd been to a couple nationals, and I was starting to get kind of good. And uh, this Wayne Rur loved mind games and he called my house. I was probably about 12 years old and he called <laughs> and uh, I, I, my mom answered the phone, carries for you. I'm like, hello. And it's Wayne Rur. He goes, you throw five, I'll throw six. You throw 11, I'll throw 12. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was starting to get into my mind already. So yeah, it was, uh, Lenny At Wayne. age 12? At age 12, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was age 12. He'd have been about probably 25. Snyder, <laughs> yeah. you want to, you know about the Wayne Rur story. Like, I, I wasn't around, but I remember the Saskatchewan guys telling me, didn't didn't Wayne Rur, uh during the provincials one year, there was a bye and he wanted to go to Dairy Queen. So you guys all know during the open, a bye is about an hour long, right? So there wasn't a Dairy Queen. He couldn't find a Dairy Queen. So he just kept driving until he found a Dairy Queen. Well, he ended up missing like two matches. He had to go to like an hour drive to find a Dairy Queen. And he came back. His team had to play without him. Oh, played man. with five. Is that not a true story? Like he had some crazy stories, guys. Yeah. He bowled a game from a foot from the head pin. He walked up the lanes and bowled a whole game, throwing the ball a foot from the head pin and yeah. scored 270 for a perfect mm-hmm. See, I'm trying to throw 300. I've definitely thought about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Me too. Is it 70? Is it 300? No, it'd be 300, right? Or no, no, it would be 270. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, 70. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried that though? The closer you get to the pins, it's the tough. harder it hit the middle. No, really? I, I can't <laughs> stop punching. We're not throwing <laughs> giant hooks at it, Danny. With, with your style, <laughs> It doesn't hook. I got no time for the, the hook. The back has the driest spot. Like the right news, man. Wayne <laughs> uh, Rur was a cat. He was a, he was a straight man. He was, a, he was a good bowler, though. Yeah, every time I see Rob Shamus, that's the story he brings up, the Wayne Rur story. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, speaking speaking of Rob, it looks like you might be able to duck the heritage again. 
Yeah, yeah. No, Rob, we want to see you there, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Crazy, crazy. Um, so I guess we'll we'll ask you guys a couple special guest questions. We won't go so in depth, but um, who is your bowling mentor growing up? And we'll start with Carrie. Yeah, that would be my dad. Uh, my dad managed a bowling alley when I was, there was an old bowling alley called the Nortown in Regina. Uh, not the Nortown that's there now, but it was on uh, Victoria Avenue, is old, old movie theater. So I grew up in a bowling alley from ages, I was throwing balls at age two and dad managed and dad was a pretty good bowler. He bowled masters in the open. He wasn't like an elite bowler, but probably averaged in the 240 to 245 range and uh i went to i was living in a my dad was managing then the melville bowling alley in saskatchewan it was a four lane house maybe six lane house and uh i went to my first nationals in 1981 at age seven and my dad coached the team and that type of stuff so uh yeah my dad would have been my kind of bowling mentor and you danny um I don't know like I uh, I mean I obviously like all of us we grew up playing YBC and had lots of good coaches and it was fun and but I mean I guess I really got serious about bowling when when um well at some point you realize when you're starting to win tournaments and you're the single for YBC and all that and you get into it but when I came out of YBC is when I really started to concentrate on bowling and I don't really know if I have one guy in particular, but I used to Daryl Bailey out of Calgary. He used to gamble me $5 a game on Thursday nights, cash league. We used to gamble. He was the best bowl. I think he was the best bowler in, in Calgary. Um, Colin Kerr probably might've been at that time, but Daryl Bailey was, was one of these guys that liked to gamble. And when when something was on the line, you could trust him to bear down and throw a strike. And he was one of those guys I just respected that this guy's good. And when it matters, he's even better. And so I gambled him and lost, I don't know how much money I lost to him, but it was a bunch. And this is when I'm like 16, <laughs> 17. But by the time I was about 19, 20, Daryl Bailey quit gambling me. And that's when I knew, I became decent at the game and that's when I, and, and, but Colin Cure, he was a legend. Um, Dave Sanderson. Um, I worked for, I worked for Dave Sanderson at, at Claiborne bowl. Um, and then at Toppler bowl, I've always respected Dave. Dave's a phenomenal man. Um, and Daryl Bailey was a hell of a player. I respected him a ton. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, the, the other guy I really looked up to, and, and almost everyone did, and I had the pleasure of playing with him. I'm lucky the era I was in, I, I got to play with guys like Lynn Howell, Bruce Mortar. Um, I got to play with these guys on on national teams, on, on Alberta Masters teams. And, and Bruce, like, how do, you, how do you compare to Bruce Mortar, right? So, I mean, Daryl Bailey, when I was getting better, and Bruce Mortar is a bit of an idol as I got to play with him. Right. So um, I was going to say Daryl probably stopped betting because he paid for his mortgage, but <laughs> probably he probably didn't need to gamble me anymore. Right? Exactly. He was already flush. He was good. Yeah. So, he he uh, was a guy that could not punch. Like he, he, his head pin was a strike. 
yeah, just he, a pure uh, crack. I never ever seen a guy throw with so much stuff on on the ball. When he was on, you guys, there was no such thing as a head pin. And I don't know if you guys remember, like Adam would for sure, but the bowling alleys don't seem to do it anymore. When you throw it right on the nose and you get that crack and it just has no chance but mm -hmm. to be a strike. You get that crack now, sometimes it's even still a corner, right? Or it's just Aces. a power, a head pin split, yeah. right? Like, I don't know about the houses in Edmonton. I know they're higher scoring. But back in the day when it was all wood lanes, if you were throwing the ball right, you couldn't plow, yeah. right? It just went crack. You'd throw it right mm -hmm. on the nuts, and you knew that it was, you can't get tighter than that, but it still wasn't a plow when you were throwing it really good. It was like a pool ball when you hit it into a rail with spin, it would come off sideways. It's exactly what the bowling ball would do on the pin. It would go sideways. And I don't know, the houses don't do that anymore, I don't think. You get the odd one, but not like it used to be, right? It's weird. That, that hit, it almost like it ducks under now and just kind of rolls out hard. It's different. Like, rather than, rather than right? like the crack, everything straight back, everything just goes down. I don't, do you, Dex and Tim, you could probably know more than anybody. It's pretty, is it the bands? No, I think it's I think it's the bases. I think bases are huge, the the black ones. And I think back in the day, I I mean, I was not as old as you know as Carrie or Danny, but you know the wood wood pins was probably pretty Carrie. big back then. Wood right? pins, wood pins, <laughs> right? Right, but, but no, it was never wood. Well, no, since we're not that freaking old. Holy <laughs> <laughs> but but besides that, besides that, um, I I definitely think it's. I know it's a huge difference in the park this year. I, I, I play thick. Uh, I just, you know, and all the time and I'm not carrying it. And I think partially it depends on synthetic lanes, how much mm -hmm. oil there is on the lanes and how much they're dragged down, I think, and grab. And I also think the black bases are huge. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed, I think those are the two big reasons why you don't get those anymore as much. The, yeah. the wood is indicative of like a, a late movement, the synthetic. It's harder to get that. Um, yeah. At least with the with like the newer synthetic lanes, they're all pretty much the same, and and it's it's hard it's hard to get that late movement without having, you know, very little oil at the front end. But yeah, no, I think the bases make a big difference, and I think I think you're right, Adam. I think I think those shots are still sort of going, especially if you can get the that late movement. But you're right. I think I think that it's just a, a different reaction. I think they're still going, but you're not getting that cracking noise anymore because they're not flying up into the pins. It's just rolling out. Yeah. Well, pin, pins used to just sail like backwards now they just kind of duck under and roll out yeah right because they pin, pins used to just go straight back it didn't go up at all yeah right that that crack is still the best <laughs> they yeah, were you, you knew, five you knew when you when you hit that sideways yeah right? you knew when you got that good hit because it was thick and the pins were all still standing and they just ran into each other that's and right into the back of the pit right yeah. that's right and that's when you knew you were throwing your shot right that's yeah. so now you don't even know like i i i you guys know the ball i throw like i need to the the reaction of the pins tells me if i'm throwing it properly or not and back in the day i used to know by that crack sound now i throw the same shot and, and you don't get that crack sound ever so now i'm like okay am i throwing it right or not i have no idea right so. back in the day nobody knew if you were throwing a good ball or not, <laughs> I knew. I knew. <laughs> it was rare, Adam, but it still happened once in a while. Uh, those goldenrod star lines. Oh. <laughs> those were the small ones, the four and three quarters. You can't yeah. even use those anymore now. They don't act proper. They don't. They don't get any. That, that's not true. I, I I still remember 
when Collingwood first came out, TPC at Nick oh, yeah. Collingwood, and pins were just flying straight up. So you almost needed a five-inch ball. And then all of a sudden, it's like a four and seven-eighths ball still kind of reacted the same. Four and four and three-quarter, yeah. Like, it, it's still going to jump up a little bit. But I, I still think, like, the star line seems to grab those yeah. bands and still roll out like they, they used to. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll switch to Starline. I need all the help I can get. Uh, no, but nobody likes throwing Starlines, Dan. That's a horrible decision. <laughs> uh, so we'll continue with the questions. Uh, Kerry, your favorite tournament? That's uh, definitely the Regina Classic. I grew up in Regina. I've been playing it a long time. Um, know all the players there and just seen that tournament develop. They just treat you so well at the Golden Mile and uh, just a lot of good memories there, a lot of good friends. And they put on a good show every year. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a, a staple on tour. And um, as all of us know, we used to play it before it was part of the tour and hanging out there. And I know I mentioned him a little bit earlier, and he may not be liked in the bowling community so much anymore, but Phil Robinson really made that tournament yeah. popular he, to begin with. And then it continued from there, right? Yeah, he played a part in it. But they always had a strong committee. And I, uh, I know Phil was part of that committee, but they had a strong committee back in the even the Prairie Lanes days. So uh, he was one of many that, that helped that tournament. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And you, Danny? Um, if we're counting everything, I mean, yep, it's, it's a no brainer for me, Alberta masters, right? Um, there's nothing better than, than, you know, making Alberta masters team and, and taking that trip, which, which is more, I, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's the same setup as they used to do, but I remember the first time I went to Alberta masters tournament, it wasn't just about bowling. There was, there was enough time it was almost a holiday and a bowling tournament. And it was the only one I ever remembered it being free time and bowling. Every other event we go to, we're just living in the bowling alley. But the first time, the first couple of times I went to masters, we, I mean, there was time to do stuff there. It was a holiday. The, the bowling mattered as much as anything. It was just, and I mean, the experience and the level of competition and winning helps, right? So I was pretty lucky the first time I went to Alberta Masters. I won as a rookie. We had a ridiculous team, and it still came down to the last game of the last, you know, against Ontario, heads up for the gold medal. It was just, I'll never, I don't know if I'll ever be able to equal that experience. So for me, I fell in love with it instantly because of that first rookie year I was ever on Alberta Masters. Nothing, nothing will compare. That Alberta Masters gold medal, that I won my rookie year would be better than if I won, I won't lie, than if I won a singles tournament for 10 grand. Money's money, but that that tournament that 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 was my 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 goal, right? My 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 win, right? So see Tim, that's what your your experience would have been <laughs> if you would have played better. What? <laughs> the mas the masters? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I had four dicks on my team, so I wasn't really too worried about it. Where, where was yours? Uh, between my legs. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently not. Hey, Danny, you see that's like the, the highlight of your career? Where's the uh, the medal these days? Any idea? No idea. You know me, Adam. <laughs> Adam, I couldn't even tell you what year it was. <laughs> so where where were we, Adam, when you told me? you? I remember we were sitting down having a dinner at some tournament 
and you asked me a question, I gave you the wrong answer. You asked wrong me how many something. schools I'd been to or something. I can't remember, but yeah. I was wrong. Like you knew the answer better than I did, right? Like I forget shit, right? You know, you you couldn't even remember the difference between logos when we held masters here. You're, well, you're, you're sitting there wearing your, like your the color. Alberta open shirt and you were <laughs> arguing with me being like, no, this is a master shirt. I got this. A national shirt counts. I'm like, yeah, but that's not a master shirt. Yes, it is. That's that's an A5 logo. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I had to, once I looked at it, oh, I realized shit. you're right. But then what? Right? Like, I'm at the Kermit Bowling already. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, things happen. It, it's a good thing I wasn't green, right? Because, like, 10 years earlier, they probably wouldn't have let me bowl that tournament. But you guys are like, ah, who cares? It's gone, Bach. Let them play. Danny <laughs> <Right. laughs> will argue with anyone about anything and think he's right all I'm the right. time. I'm right. Yeah, I always write, Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, do you guys have a favorite match or a tough match that sticks in, sticks in your brain? Danny, go ahead. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, I got one. Um, when I was younger, Rose Bowl, I, I, I firmly believe Dave Gurley. I don't know if you guys remember Dave mm -hmm. Gurley. He yeah. passed away. Oh, yeah. um, really good bowler out of BC. But I, I, I firmly... I, did we lose Danny there? Yeah. Danny I've never oh, there he goes. Oh, he's back. <laughs> go go I, ahead, Snatter. Uh, I missed something. Yeah. Oh, oh, anyway. You're back. Okay. Anyway, Dave. Oh. Can you, you guys hear me? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you now, Danny. Okay. Sorry. Just saying it's connection lost or whatever. Um, so Dave Gurley, I, I firmly believe, cost me Rose Bowl. I finished. I, I lost in the B final to him. Um, when I think I was like 20, 21 years old, Don Salmon ended up winning the tournament. He beat Dave Gurley in the final, but I was up like, I think I was up like 80 or 90 pins going to the third game against Dave Gurley. And I started with six from the gun and I lost. Oh. So that's hard to do. Right. Yeah. So he threw like a 390, and I, I plowed seven and I plowed 10 and I lost. And, and then he played terrible against Don Salmon back then. The final was actually four games, but you played three game matches all the way up until the final, and then you played four games. And I was on fire. I was, I, I just, I, I didn't even understand that I wasn't going to win that tournament. And then Dave Gurley rattles off eight from the gun and then spare. And then I don't even think he needed to throw his last two balls after I punched 10. And, and that was it. I was done. And I thought I was going to win Rose Bowl. And that's the one. And then, you know, then I kept playing the cash events, and I never, ever have won. Everyone on this screen, I think, is Carrie. I don't know if you have, but I mean, I know the other four of you have all won a big one: Calgary, or Regina, or Edmonton. And I never have. I never have. I, I've been lucky with gold medals with Masters, and I got one with the Open thanks to Adam. Um, but I mean, other than other than that, I've never won a big cash tournament, and I've never really worried about it much because I enjoy the team thing. But that match, I'll never forget. I, I really did think I was going to win the Rose Bowl, and Dave Gurley started with eight from the gun. And uh, I, I had a great game going and I was up 86 or something like that. And I still lost the match. And I just remembered like, no matter how good you feel, somebody might just be better on that day. You just never know. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the match that hurt. So. Well, for me, I guess it would be <clears throat> most of my match play career was done ages and ages ago. 
Um, <clears throat> I haven't been fortunate, fortunate enough to make any of the, the, the cuts lately. So I guess just a, a recent match where I performed well and that was memorable would have been uh, at the, I guess, around the 2015 Open Nationals. Um, our, I was on the Saskatoon men's team, so representing Saskatchewan, and uh, and uh, we were playing for, well, we were playing in the third, fourth uh, match, and um, I think we were playing Northern Ontario, and um, I was, I think I was bowling third. I couldn't even tell you who I was playing against, or we, maybe we were playing Southern Ontario, but I just, I played a really good match myself, and it was coming down to the 10th frame, and uh, I, I struck out in 10 to give our team a chance and the one in 10 was really thick and it was a leaner and we had to call that. So it was a pretty nerve wracking match for me. And uh, we ended up losing the match and not meddling. We finished fourth, but uh, that would probably be my most memorable match as of late, which is, uh, which is kind of sad, but. Uh, <laughs> but how exciting is that coming down to 10th frame and you, you throw the three to give your team a shot like that. The adrenaline rush must've been unreal, right? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely fun. Um, actually, I think, you know what I said, 2015, it was actually just 20. It was last year or the year before in Gatineau. So I got the year wrong. <laughs> um, two, two years ago then. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, I think Carrie. I think you were there representing Alberta that year. Um, and uh, yeah, and I guess I should mention one other. Probably my favorite match of all time was in 1986. I was bowling Len Anseth in uh, <laughs> one game match uh, at a youth bowling at the Minto Minto Bowl, and uh, I just crushed him really, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> he was going really well for him. He shot 119 that game. And, uh, I banged out for 155. And uh, I just crushed down. So. Yeah, I, I really think you crushed Lenny's dreams since then, too. Yeah. I hear him always complaining about it. And a uh, really rough moment in his career. Yeah. I'm, I must say, Kerry, that, that list that you put out there a couple of weeks back was, uh, it was, pretty, uh, it was pretty funny. So some humbling moments for, for a few, I, I could imagine. <laughs> and you have to admit, Adam, I did beat you one game in cornhole. You just out, had nine. Out of how many? Yeah, we, we don't need to go there, Adam. We don't need to go there. If we were betting the same amount as you were betting against everybody else, <laughs> well, I'd have your mortgage one. in Ontario. I think you were the only one that could beat me that night. Snyder, if you did beat me, I'd tell you what. I must have beat everyone else because I made money that night. There's no way I lost money on my wedding night there. Like, no, you guys kept taking everything out of uh, Santino. Wow. That's been happening for 20 years. No doubt. No doubt. Is that on the books or is that uh, real, wow. real money? On the books, eh, Snyder? On the books. On the books. Yeah. Those are the good old days. The books fly. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's been some gambling nights in the in the history of me and Kerry Snyder and some of the boys we hang with, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think uh, it probably wasn't the first time I met you guys, but it was Regina Classic. We were up in uh, the rack above the bowling alley there and playing pool for money. And then all of a sudden we were playing poker for money at the hotel room. 
it was like seven in the morning i had to go bowl the morning shift i'm like what the heck just happened here (laughs) did he have a good time though carrie uh, I always had a great time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Every money bowling tournament I ever bowled would be staying up till about seven in the morning and then not always performing so well the next day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually might have been the year I won, so it might have helped oh, me. Actually. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago, okay? Yeah, it was. <clears throat> like I said, I think it might have been the first time I hung out with those guys. Wow. That's and, great. The la- well, and it might have been the last time. The last. <laughs> You know what you need to do then you need you need me and Snyder to show up to another cash tournament <laughs> i have to sp- spot you guys just to show up so i can play good again i'm in i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> don't expect a return eh <laughs> oh man um so in your guys's bowling arsenal what are you throwing and what are you wearing i got soft rolls um Cyclones are the other ones are the ones I actually throw and then I just bought a Aramith that I really like I just bought one ball at the Regina tournament um so and I'm wearing Dexter's I think G3s or something like that um, three 3G 3G yeah if, yeah, if, 3G, yeah, then yeah if they're 3Gs then that yeah, those are Dynaroos or um they're uh yeah tour ultras <laughs> Okay, I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Does it say 3G on the side? I, I, I'm I not even sure. It, <laughs> you, I'm really not sure. Do you guys They're know custom. how many tournaments Carrie like, didn't know where his shoes and balls were like the next morning? <laughs> or not? Like, do you guys even understand who you're talking to? Okay, <laughs> Carrie, your shoe's on the bottom. Your, your yeah. slider, does it have an edge around it? I don't think it does. No. And and your and your heel does it have a have a peg in it? No. Okay, they're they're not they're not two ultras. Not three Gs. No. Yeah. Okay. You're making shit Shatter. up. They're Dexters. That's fine. Dexter. SSTs. Are they SSTs? Three Gs, not a model that Dexter came out with. Can we can we tell a couple stories about Snyder's bowling shoes or bowling balls here? I, I, of course. I'm okay, not so, you so Snyder, how about uh, how about the one year in Winnipeg? <laughs> oh, here we Do you go. remember the one year in Winnipeg <laughs> that we're playing? Yeah. And I uh, I, I, I already pulled a shift and I was terrible. I didn't qualify. So like I go to carry, I'm like, what what do you got in your bag? Like I, I need something different here, right? <laughs> So he gives me this ninja ball, this black ninja ball. I never, I don't know what it was. I have no idea. Ninja. I, I end up using this ninja ball. I, I throw lights out. Like he's got one ball. That's it. Didn't matter. I was throwing nothing but strikes with it. Right. <laughs> so I make the cut, everything. And uh, the next morning I got to play match play. And I'm like, Carrie, where's this ninja ball? He had friggin' thrown it off the overpass of the highway <laughs> on the way back to the hotel room because he didn't make the cut or something like i can't i don't even know if i'm telling the story right yeah i'm throwing lights out with him so he bowled with it after i did right because there was another shift right so i light it up with this one ninja ball he has and then he bowls again with it and he doesn't make it and he throws it down the highway off this overpass and i need this ninja ball for the morning and he's, he's turfed it like it's gone right but didn't he go get it back snyder or what no, happened i can't even remember on the highway there was no getting it back no. so anyway i struggled the next day snyder cost me that tournament if i had that ninja ball 
I, there was no stopping me. I am not exaggerating one bit, but yeah. I've lost about four pairs of bowling shoes yeah. and left my bowling equipment all over the country and yeah. had to have it shipped back to me. There's still a bowling <laughs> ball on some highway in, in Winnipeg. Winnipeg right yeah, because there's Winnipeg. no way that got cleaned up. <laughs> finger holes like the overpass i don't know if it are you guys are any of you guys old enough to remember that walk back it was it saint james i can't remember yeah, the saint hotel james and the viscount i think it was yeah but either way like it was a pretty sketchy walk it was always minus 30 and you yeah. always you always had to look over both shoulders and make sure no one was coming up on you to mug you Right, hey, like Danny, it, was, it was crazy, right? Like, like when it Danny, was crazy. What state. about that cab ride back from Scotty Barber's house uh, in Winnipeg? That cab ride we had that one time. Do you remember that or no? I don't. Y'all have to refresh my okay. memory. There's, yeah, a, few, there's a, a few sketchy moments in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, that'll be another day. Yeah, there's there's some there's some stories. I I can't remember them all. People bring them up, and then I'm like, I might have been there. And like, you, what do you mean, might have been there? You were there. <laughs> Right, the story's about you. Oh, okay. So two old timers with Alzheimer's. So Ryan Cope's boys. I can't remember the stories, but yeah, Snyder's got some good bowling, bowling ball and bowling shoe stories for sure. But uh, but yeah, that was one of them. He screwed me on that one because that ninja was the best ball, best bowling ball I've ever seen in my life, and and it was gone. Like Clark might after using Clark had two of those as well. I don't know if he ever sold them or what, but he did have two of those. Yeah, I think I went bang bang in Winnipeg after that. Maybe not bang bang, but I think bang bang. I didn't. I didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So besides a ninja ball, Danny, what bowling balls do you have? Because you don't have one of those. Well, (laughs) used soft rolls, which I tried to throw out at. Was it Newfoundland, Adam? When I tried to throw them out, and then yeah. dug them out of the garbage can. They should have stayed there. Yeah, yeah I got yeah, soft ones. I still use. I tried to throw them out in Newfoundland one year, and was it Melissa Manor? Is that her name? Yep. Yeah, she dug them out of the. I got a phone call. <laughs> I got a phone call before the next day started saying, "Did you lose some soft rolls?" I said, "I didn't lose them. I threw them out." <laughs> said, well, I got them. They had nacho cheese and salsa and everything all over them but i cleaned them up and they're they're waiting at the bowling alley for you and i said oh great so i could average another buck 90 tomorrow with them right so and i'm still using those soft rolls so i'm still averaging a buck 90 when it matters so perfect that must that must be a calgary thing i hear mark miller threw his in the garbage at the open uh zones trials and mike took them and sold them yeah he he copied my move i think so no no he, he actually didn't get them back he, oh he no! Yeah, no, he, he, <laughs> yeah. He actually gave another one away. Yeah, he gave another one away with it too. Yeah, he had three sets. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Calgary bowlers struggle. We just throw away our equipment. I guess must be the equipment, right? It's not a lack of talent. Right? <laughs> must be the equipment. <laughs> so, yeah. And Dexter shoes, always Dexter shoes. I had Dyna Roos for one year, and I demolished him in less than half half a year. They didn't hold together, so. Were, the, were those Dinaroos purchased from the Scotty Barber bowling shoe sales? You know what? They would have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Barber back in the day when Dinaroos hit the hit the scene. They were comfy. They were good. But mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. but if you slid your back foot like all of us do, it just they got demolished pretty quick, right? And the right foot I found, like, exceptionally slippery. The rubber, the rubber compound to that is, like, way slipperier than the Dexter's. 
And as yeah. soon as I got rid of them, I got better. Because I could actually stay stable when I pushed off. So. You could plant, yeah. yeah. You could walk, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. So... What else is up? Uh, you, you guys need to tell stories. It's always your guests uh, telling stories. You guys, I, need- I, to- I told the story. I'm. I what are you talking I'm about, here. Danny? You already told us. You don't even listen. How do you know this? <laughs> I listen. I listen when I talk, don't I? <laughs> Actually, I had a, a pretty cool memory pop up on Facebook a couple days ago. Uh, must have been the end of uh, the topper season. Because I had ended up posting something on there. Me and Derek were about to collect from you and Rich. Oh, geez. And, yeah. In, in what some people were calling the worst bet in sports history. Yeah, uh, it might have been. Oh, weird. Danny was involved in that bet? Yeah. yeah. Dan, Danny and Rich uh, were betting me and Derek home. Probably the two best players in Calgary. Not probably. Time. You guys You guys were <laughs> that year, for sure. And, and it was like, it was either 10 bucks a game and then we would either double it or triple it so we could catch up and all that stuff. And it was relatively decent money league. So we ended up getting four or 500 back bucks, you know, back type thing. And those guys would basically just donate their portion and then open their wallet to give us more. Yeah. It was, uh, teams get, uh, divvied up. it was, it was charity without trying to be charitable. <laughs> so who got first pick in that, uh, that bet? Well, of course, Derek and Adam, like Derek needs to have an advantage or else he doesn't make a bet, right? Me too. So, <laughs> right? So between Derek and Adam, they figured out, the, you know, how they can have the upper hand. And me and Rich just look at each other, fuck, screw these guys. We're betting. Let's go. And then, yeah, we lost. They just quite, knew the suckers quite, in the room. Quite, quite oh. often and quite regularly. So, so you mean we used your ego against you guys? Shocking. Ego. I didn't even have an ego at that point. I was. I started to be a bad player. (laughs) Who are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyway, that's that's one of many things I shouldn't have done in my life. So. (laughs) You guys, I got a question for you. I've never asked the question and never heard. um, I guess heard the story. How did the WCB? start i never heard how like whose brainchild was and how many of you guys got together to figure it out so i guess i'll I'll tell the story so every year we always hear people like oh there there should be some type of tour point system going on to show who the best players on the tour are best players in canada and then c5 came out with the top 100 men's and ladies and stuff like that and then shortly after that adam martin um came out with a point system. He was using the Masters, the Open, and um, some of the cash tournaments to figure out who the best players out this way were. And uh, from there, me and Johnny were kind of talking, oh, we should start a tour thing. Then we talked to both the Wisemans and we're like, oh yeah, we should really start something. And then we just decided, you know what? Let's register a not-for-profit organization and then we'll talk to the the cash tournaments and we'll see if we can get something going and it was just literally in like two days we had it registered and then we started stuck i i remember driving out to the ballpark and signing it on like the hood of somebody's car and being like yeah. i'm not reading this but if this is a legal document that's selling my soul uh, i i don't want any part of this but <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah yeah and then we asked blair tuck to uh be treasurer and 
and kind of just rolled from there. We had our first AGM like shortly after that on, uh, I think, what what was Skype. it at the time? Skype, yeah. Oh, we have what year? What year did you guys roll this out? Uh, 2015 is the first year. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Great work, guys. It's really uh, impacted people across the country. And I know people, it's kind of a breath of fresh air for bowling. Yeah. It's amazing how many people from out east come out to these tournaments out west. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just something to tie them all together because I, I don't want to throw any tournaments under the bus or anything like that. But back in the day, it always seemed like the tournaments were competing against each other. Like who can get the most yeah. entries, who can make it the highest first prize overall kind of thing. We just wanted something to bring those tournaments together because they, they're all trying to do the same thing. Let, let's make this mm-hmm. all work together and share the share the. Uh, success right they're celebrating uh each tournament's success instead of trying to compete against it it's probably still healthy competition but oh yeah um, yeah. tim tim tends to rub it in against (laughs) regina quite a bit but uh they uh they got them this year so yeah well it's crushed them (laughs) two entries two entries (laughs) two entries do you know i i think honestly carrie i think it was the first time and i'm not like again not begrudging any other centers out there but it was the first time that all four centers were, we were all friends. We all worked well together already. Yeah. Um, I know we were fortunate when we took over from Collingwood. Um, I, I text Kevin, I text Rick, and then they were there to help us immediately. Obviously, Shelby and I have always had a good, and Tweedy have had a good relationship with Dexter and us. And then uh, Calgary, Mark Miller is one of our really good friends. And Adam used to run it down there. So it just, it kind of just all worked together at once. And it just kind of just, we started picking up and, uh, you probably will never able to listen to our first Skype meeting. It was, it wasn't like there was some stuff on there that you, you, obviously you, you know, could hear some bubbles in the background, and we were all the confused. Bubbles in the background. <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just lay out the board on our first meeting that was nominated. I was nominated president. Jo- Mark Johnson was nominated vice president. Matt Eisenhower was nominated second vice. Treasurer was Blair Tuck. Secretary was Chris Jeffers from Winnipeg, and there was some, uh, maybe some, uh, not so savory, not legal at the time stuff going on. <laughs> because of the all, last name, all, all legal now, all legal now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was no, it, it was, it was, uh, it was strange just to get it going like that, and then. Um, okay, so tell me how, uh, so I know I saw a pamphlet that Winnipeg's going to host a tournament, so is there a chance of adding a fifth tournament to the tour, and how does that work? Yeah, so there is a criteria that a tournament starting up would have to meet to enable to ask to join the WCBT, and then it would have to go through a process. So the main criteria is the tournament has to be a $200 entry tournament. It has to have over a hundred entries in the prior year, and it has to have be a thirty-two qualifier event. Okay. And if it meets all those criteria for one full year, then it can apply to be part of the WCBT. Obviously, it would probably get approved because obviously we want to grow everything. And then if that tournament for some reason drops below a hundred entries, it gets one year grace to bring that number back up. And if it fails, then it gets dropped. And that's that's the danger with Winnipeg, though, right? Like back in the day, I remember traveling to Winnipeg from Alberta, which isn't, you know, a cheap trip. And 
there'd be 80 entries guys right yeah yeah you it, know it, for sure but like that was that was at a, a different a different time period in bowling um it was i mean tpc i think the year i won was 113 entries um and i remember red deer was you know struggling to get to 100 entries um and and Calgary was up in the same area, right? So um, one one ten one twenty, right? Yeah. And and Regina was the big one at one hundred and forty or one hundred fifty yeah. entries, right? Um, so that, that that's a that's a different time period, and um, yeah, and there's the a criteria has changed too, right? We we sure. it was seventy five to begin with, mm-hmm. and now because of the success of the tournaments, getting two hundred entries, we moved it up to a hundred to be the in. Yeah, and yeah. I I truly think that there's a different enthusiasm in in uh, Winnipeg at the moment now too. And Manitoba mm-hmm. as a whole, um, so I, I I think it's absolutely viable for sure. I I think I think the tour sells. Like I mean, um, we we pay we pay a thousand dollar assessment fee. You can say to the tour, right? Uh, as TPC, each of the events are uh, it's five dollars an entry for a maximum of two hundred entries. This goes towards your production costs and everything else like that. And I've always said I find that thousand dollars the money well spent because I guarantee you. Uh, I'm making more than a thousand dollars back from more entries coming in from it, and I strongly believe. Like, you look at how many how many memberships do we have now, Kerry? Uh, I couldn't tell you last summer, but it's like 107, I think. So 107. So even say you get a, a third, of, like a, maybe two thirds of that go to Winnipeg, plus their local entries. It's it's a it's almost a done deal. I think. I think it's it just goes just makes sense why 100 would be okay. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just there to, um, um, so backstory, BC challenge started up in Abbotsford for one year. They were trying to become a part of the tour. So they ran the event for one year and a bunch of us Alberta players went out there to support it and play in it. And it was a fun tournament. Um, but just the local support failed. It just yeah. didn't end up with the entries and, it showed the very next year they'd even try again. They dropped the entry fee and then they played a smaller entry fee tournament instead. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is tough if you don't have the right committee and the right local support. Those those tournaments are they're tough to run, right? Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. It's 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 pretty tough to maintain a, a big cash tournament like that when a lot of the entries local entries know they can't compete with the players that are coming in from out of town right you got a few locals that can like that i I remember that the old manitoba the manitoba open um you had great players you had cam boone you had jeff Bourne, you had robert shannis you had you had great players out there but there was only seven or eight of them and and the 230 average bowlers wouldn't play that event with all the other players coming from out of town and just it just dwindled and it just it was a great event and it just it just made no sense for uh back then it was mike Davini hosting it right and it just it was a money loser um you know dave yeah. at toppler for years the autumn open he lost money running that tournament every year right so you know now you guys are getting crazy numbers with with all the work you guys have done with this tour and Mm-hmm. Now bowling centers can host an event and actually not lose money on the weekend. That's part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of it has to do now that you have this amount of entries, you can pay out cut money of like $500. A lot of the events are doing so it's affordable to go out there. And yeah. you, if you make the cut, you're, you're up money. You might be even ahead and then you get the play for, for money on Sunday. Right. Um, where back mm-hmm. in the day, 
you went all that way, you paid your $200, you make the cut, you go bang, bang, you probably lost money easily, right? Yeah, I yeah. think Regina, I feel, maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Regina was the first tournament that actually made a big cut money. Yeah. I yeah. remember it because I, I, I think I made the cut that year. I remember the first time I ever got paid $400 without winning a match. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, that was, that was big, right? Because that kind of paid for, you know, your travel and, and a shift and, and now you the pressure was off financially. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And, th and that's the big incentive, right? That's, I think why you're seeing a lot of youth movement and a lot of local players going to play one or two shifts, because if you make the cut, you're, you should be up money, especially if you're local, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, there was kind of a question from, Kyle Yardy, um, even with the WCB team being called the Western Canadian Bowling Tour, if we've ever thought incorporating the NEBS club tour um, with us. So there obviously has been talks, um, not so much with um, the Englands themselves, but um, discussion between the East players and the West players about doing something like that. The thing about the club tour is it's a different setup. Like the, the host center is putting up some money for for the event um, to bring in prize money, first of all. So there's a, a little bit of work that would have to be done with them to make our events comparable. Um, not they, they definitely are starting to get the numbers. So numbers wise, they're comparable, but the, the structure is just not there for it to make it super viable at this time. But across Canada tour, I it's only a matter of time, right? If this easy ECBT or the club tour or the Mitch Davies competition tour or whatever you want to call it, um, it's going to be f uh, essentially four, ter four tournaments strong, right? Because they have Timmins, Midtown, club tour and Elmira. Yeah. Um, they're going to have four of the strong tournaments out there too. And if they make something of that and they have a tour championship and then maybe we can meet in the middle and play a big championship. Yeah. East plays West for the battle of bragging rights, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's something that's more viable at this point in time, instead of making a Canada wide turn tour, because for sure. let's, let's face it. Air flights in Canada are redonkulous and that's not viable for a hobby sport. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my boy Kyle. He bowls in my league on Thursday nights. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for sending in the questions. Um, I think we're going to probably wrap up this podcast fairly soon. I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Johnny, the vice president of WCBT. He's going to be starting up um, a WCBT store um, through Bradson Promotional's site, I do believe. So we'll be posting about that shortly in the future so you can get... Um, items from the WCBT since none of us are meeting up anytime soon. You're going to order on the store if you have some extra cash flow and want to support the tour and buy a piece of merch, it'll be on there. Um, is there any other topics you guys want to hit on quick here? Um, I don't know where we are time-wise, but I mean, we never <laughs> talked about the open at all. That's where we would all be right now. Is right. Playing open. Um, I mean, Myself personally, that stacked Edmonton team in their home city at Bonnie Doon there, and I mean, I was looking forward to trying to knock those guys off, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But uh, but yeah, no. it kind of kind of sucks that we're not playing the Open right now and having drinks in a hotel room right now together and telling so, these stories with each other personally. 
Danny, you're going to hear it from me. All right. Um, obviously, we. I'll, I'll quickly go over the open stuff for me, for Alberta at least. Um, the reason why we said May long is because we only had, uh, it gives us a two-week grace period uh, in order to host, go to nationals, right? Yeah. Um, but we all knew that it wasn't going to be May long. I had a quick, I had a suspicion about it. But we had a show to our membership, to our bowlers that were committed to running it. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, C5, uh, I was part of the meeting where they mentioned that we had a presence on there and executive and, and we voted to postpone it. So now nationals could be, um, they're looking at September or I, I don't think August, don't quote me on this, but I, I think September is a, a viable one. Um, so that means that we have opened up our provincial dates we have way more time to do our provincial dates. Um, so that means maybe July, maybe early August, not conflicting with the tour finals. Um, we, we are able to host it. My big, and personally, my big worry is I don't want to keep on postponing it. I want to go far enough in advance where people can be like, you know what, this is going to be the date. We think it's going to be healthy enough and people are going to be safe enough to host it. And we'll go there. That's, so that's the next part of it. Um, so May Long, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think it's going to be running May Long, uh, especially with Kenny's announcement. Um, yeah, but we are, yeah. but now, now, if by chance there is no nationals, I, I'm, right now it's positive and we think there is going to be a nationals. We all want a nationals because people want to play if it's safe. Could people miss the competition, miss the people? Alberta is still going to be running their provincials. Uh, we, we find it, it's still necessary to run it because it's something our, our team, like how many people, like uh, we have a couple like Tyler or Jenna might never have played a rookie um, and you might never have the opportunity to play again. Uh, yeah. I think it's also great for our membership to we give something to them. We can't just keep taking things away. And I think it's something we have to. Now, whether, like, I, I don't know if they forward you off the email I sent out, but whether it's you know, only maybe a three-day thing instead of a four-day thing, maybe narrowing down instead of us playing uh, round robin of five, we might only do like four or maybe even three or or maybe no banquet just because how everything's going on. There might be, this year might suck in that aspect, but there might, we still plan on having a provincials. Just, and and I guess the thing is about the scheduling, um, it's more or less for people to see what it's affordability for people, right? I mean, yeah. the more times you're back to work, you want to have them being at work instead of taking nice two or three more days off than they have to. So that's, that's where we're at for the open right now. Yeah, it would, it would be cool to still run it. Um, I personally feel myself that you could save an entire day by not having a singles competition. Um, I don't know if that works for most people, but I like the team event anyway. And you always get Mm -hmm. every player that's bowling well gets a high enough amount of frames in anyway during the team competition Whoever has the highest average minimum of whatever three quarters of the frames played is your single. You save a whole day there. You can still have the event. And, you know, as soon as I recommended that in the Calgary area, everyone's like, well, no, no, every, every other single other than me, no, no, we got to have the singles competition. Well, why do we go there for, as a singles tournament? No, I go, well, I go to the provincials to, to play on that team, man. Well, right. to, that, to be uh, fair I, with you, Danny, the there's certain zones that are obviously there for a team but let's be right. fair there's some zones that right. are going to be playing for a single spot 
that's Bonnie McDonald. Yeah, Bonnie. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I didn't really think about that. How is Bonnie going to go to nationals realistically without playing singles? But well, she still does yeah. play singles with her team. Yeah, average. It's, it, it's, a, it's a different option, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Your option uh, does work. It, it, it obviously it could be worked out that way. I think you save a whole day, and the pressure is still on the team event. If anything, there's more pressure right mm -hmm. you're still getting you're not going to end up with a shitty player and someone that doesn't deserve it's only between 15 guys you guys yeah. and 15 ladies not everybody's eligible for singles through the team event only the top three from yeah. every zone mm -hmm. you still have a one in 15 chance of being the single to represent alberta it's yeah. just now you're taking the average that you played in the team event with a minimum amount of games frames in, which you're going to have anyway, when you're playing well, right. The singles, the 15 guys that aren't, you know, five of those guys aren't playing well, they're on the bench and they're not getting those frames in anyway. So I, Danny, would that, would that requirement, like the minimum frame requirement be released ahead of time? Because now you could have a coach pull a player once they hit that minimum requirement because they're playing really well and not risking the chance yeah. of them missing yeah, but, out on a single spot. Or does that so, cost you? Or do you or, or do you not pull a guy when he's struggling um, yeah. so that he needs, the he needs to get the frames in, yeah. So this is I, where the yeah. integrity of the game comes in. And this is where <laughs> I come up with the Ted Williams thing. Does anybody know the Ted Williams story? When he was batting... Yeah. 400, 401. Yeah. He's batting yeah. 401, and there's one game left in the season. And his coach once went to go sit him, and he said, "What are you doing? Like, I'm not sitting." Yeah. And then he goes three for four, and ends up with a 403 average or whatever it is yeah. for the year. I mean, integrity of the game is integrity of the game. You're playing the team event to win the team event. If the singles thing happens, it happens, yeah. right? I mean, if somebody wants to not play the last game because they think their average is high enough to win the singles, and then so, so I sit in the bowl and carry you play and you throw a 380 and you pass me. Well, then that's on me. Yeah. yeah. I've seen I, I players get, do it to win league high averages. I just, yeah. just throwing so, it out there. So we have, <laughs> we have the game, man. Two, two, thi two things. Two things. And Weber. Um, and <laughs> so let, let's face that. But the, the other thing is like, if you think about it, if we take off, cause we go usually two blocks each day. So 10, 10, five. Right. So, cause the lane draw might not be the same right now as it could be down there, right? Um, so if you go 10, 10, 5, you could almost go singles and then you go 10, 10, knock one off and then have no banquets and you'll be done. That, that could be an option there, right? And you can still have both. No um, banquet? Where, where do I drink my Ryan Cokes? No banquet. <laughs> I, I have ways I can figure that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> not to, you know you're already not allowed to drink when you bowl. Danny, now that, now Danny, there's no banquet? Yeah, you're going to get a breathalyzer after every game. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Wait till I average over 270 before you give me a breathalyzer. Well, yeah, yeah Bonnie Dune, you better be playing 270. I don't well, know if I ways, Timmy. It's, it's, it's oily lanes. He can't do it. He needs a ball to move. So I, I, oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember when Danny came up, we we're on the bus, we're going up to Grand Prairie and Danny's like, it's dry lanes. I'm going to be money all week. Oh, I just man. know it. And he's throwing some practice balls on Wednesday after singles. Like, Oh, you guys better watch out. I'm going to be solid. And what did you average Danny? I don't know. Not very good. But did anyone average good there? <laughs> I did. I, I did. What did you average? I, I made all-star with 240. That's what I mean. Yeah. That wasn't even a bowling center. That was crazy. You shoot 220 and your your win percentage is probably 80% plus. Yeah. It was, was crazy. That was, yeah. that, that was like, what Unreal. is it, Innisvale? 
right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's a grind, man. Like, yeah, yeah. bowling tournaments terrible. are tough when you're bowling your nuts off for 2.30, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. No more houses like that. So. Yeah. Hey, Timmy, so if, if, you know, nationals were canceled for the Open and uh, you guys still wanted to push, you know, the provincials, mm-hmm. what, what happens if it does turn into October or November by the time everybody gets back to normal? Would you guys still host it into the next bowling season? Uh, that's something I don't know. I mean, yeah. if, if, if you're looking in October, November, the schedule is already tight as it is. Honestly, yeah. uh, if, if we can't get back into bowling centers before October, November, we're just not going to have bowling alleys to host it. Yeah. 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 Snyder, have, uh, has Ontario, like, did you make the open? Have you played it? Or yeah. What's going on? I, um, I made the open. I made singles and um, we're, we've moved it back to May and um like it's not going to happen in may and um it'll probably they'll look for another date into june but i i feel like we've lost hope like i don't see it happening but they haven't canceled it at this point i i think from everything that i've seen that uh they they sound like they're pretty committed to running it carrie um are they and yeah yeah and even even Jeff Forrester is messaging on here saying um, he's pretty sure that Ontario and Nebs are committed to running provincials as well. I know oh. I know that England's put in a lot of work and wanted to make it like extra special for you guys being the first time hosting it. So wow. I w- if they have the opportunity, my my betting guess um, yeah. would be that they try to run it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah, we uh, might just see a postponement or a cancellation of national events, but I hope all the provincials decide to try and run the provincial events. It, it's nice to have provincial champions, even though they don't have a chance at a national championship. Yeah, we owe it to them, yeah. And and if if you can, though, right? Like, Calgary's already announced that June 30th date. Like, that, that's crazy, right? You can't, you can't host anything or any kind of event until June 30th. That's that already takes care of a lot of stuff for yeah that's been scheduled right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah sure. now what right yeah so exactly all right well we'll end it on that note awesome guys some pause thanks again hey thank you very much for coming on here uh, thanks to everybody tuning in as well um, really appreciate it this was awesome yeah happy right. fifty minus two birthday there Carrie. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time, time, boys. Happy birthday, Carrie. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. We'll talk soon, gents. Okay, bye.